Hello, friends, and thank you for joining Christ Church Online. It's Christmas Eve evening, and leading us tonight in our celebration of our Lord's birth is our senior pastor and rector, the Reverend Dr. Jared Ott. His message for this evening is entitled, Silent Night. Here it is, Merry Christmas, and thank you for listening. Well, good evening, Christ Church. So glad that you're here. My name is Jared Ott. I'm the senior pastor. It is wonderful that you're here this evening. You know, it's been a wonderful series that we're in. We continue in that series. And I want to encourage you, you know, we have services here regularly on Sundays. This service was particularly at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. We encourage you to come out for that. We have a great Christmas Day service tomorrow as well. And we are in this series called, Do You Hear What I Hear? You know, this, this series was really birthed from this song that we look at tonight, Silent Night. I remember some time ago, my wife, Deb, and I were watching something on TV, and, and, and out walked, it was a concert, and out walked this, uh, this, this musician who we had known to uh, not live a very uh, wholesome life, let's just say it like that, and he started singing Silent Night, and the entire concert, everybody started singing Silent Night. Everybody sang that song, we're going to sing here in a little bit, and I, I turned to Deb, and I said, do you think that they know what they're singing? She goes, I, I don't know. I think maybe for some of them it's just words. And that's why we've been going through this series this past couple of weeks. We, we looked at those great Christmas songs that we sing. We sing st- songs all of Christmas. I, I think by tomorrow many of you are ready for those songs to be done on the radio or uh, at, when you go to your uh, stores or wherever. They're everywhere and we sing along with them. And this series is about understanding why we sing those songs the way we do. We looked at O Little Town of Bethlehem from Micah. We looked at Mary, Did You Know? We looked at Angels We Have Heard on High. We've looked at the first Noel. And tonight, we, we look at that great song, Silent Night. My hope is that we can walk out with full confidence and assurance as we sing and light candles those powerful words that are in there that so many churches are this evening singing. My hope is that we don't just walk out singing the words, but we can truly mean them as well. You know, and thinking about this, this, this evening, I, I thought, oh, I, Silent Night, of course, we gotta, we gotta sing Silent Night. It's about the night uh, of the birth. And then I started thinking, I thought, man, Silent Night, can you imagine? I wonder if the guy who wrote Silent Night, Joseph Moore, has ever been to a birth. That's what my thought was. Because I remember my own son, my own son was actually born around Christmas time, and it was anything but silent, right? It was not exactly what I had pictured of a, of a silent, you know, kind of thing. When we think of, when we think of silent night, we think of a, a baby sleeping, kind of like this. We see this, this picture of a, of a baby silently sleeping. And so I thought, that's what happens at a birth, right? And so growing up, I had this, this, this anticipation that when I, and I have a child, it's gonna look a little different. I'm gonna look a little different. After I, I stopped growing, I lost my hair, that, that maybe when I had a child, I would look something like this. Like this gentleman, right there. Long flowing hair. Nice beard, right? Holding a baby. Some reason he is shirtless. I thought that's, that's what I'm picture. A silent night. My child was born. Instead, I get this. This child coming at me, uh, <laughs> terrifying me, right? It's not what I had, I had in mind. Child still scares me tonight. I will lose sleep thinking about that picture here this evening. But we think about babies. We think about, we envision it a certain way, don't we? We envision life a certain way, that when we have children, that they're going to sleep and look 
like this. But instead, we look down at our child, and it looks like this, like Rocky Balboa, <laughs> like I got in a fight. Or we look at this child who looks like my grandfather. <laughs> or maybe this one who reminds me of my grandfather sleeping. <laughs> it's not what we had in mind. And when I think about this story, when I think about the manger, I think, man, I wonder if the people there, Joseph, Mary, especially, if they had in mind, like, this isn't how I envisioned it to be. Pastor Robbie just read us that, that great passage from Luke that we've, we've known and heard many of us many times over. Whether you've been in church or not, we know the story that they went. Joseph went up from town of Nazareth to Bethlehem. There he is with Mary, and, and they're, they're, they're going to have a baby. And they have the baby in a manger because there's no room in the inn. And I wonder if it was really silent. Because I wonder if at any point Joseph, as a father, I put myself in Joseph's shoes. If Joseph was thinking, this isn't how I envisioned my life to be. This isn't exactly what I thought life was going to be like. I didn't think that I would have a baby from a person that I'm not even married to yet. Have a child. They think it's mine. Now I'm labeled as something. And we're, now, we're, now we're in a manger with shepherds. I got to think that Joseph is thinking that's not how I envision my life. It's not what I thought. And I wonder for Joseph, was it really a silent night? A peaceful night? Could he really sing all is well? I wonder. I wondered about that this week when I looked at Silent Night, if it was really silent for Joseph. If he was walking back and forth, pacing, going, this isn't what I envisioned. The angel said something to me, but this is not what I had in mind. And see, we know that Joseph knew this was coming from Matthew chapter 1, and this was his dilemma. From Matthew 1, it says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. I got to wonder if Joseph ever looked at his life and said, you know what, I, I envisioned myself marrying a, a young girl, us having a baby maybe there in Nazareth, and everybody is, in, is joyful, my family's there, and they pat me on the back, and it's a wonderful, a wonderful experience. But yet, there he is in a manger. Mary must wonder if Mary's thinking the same thing, like, is this really how it turned out to be? These are dilemmas in life. And maybe for you, as we get to the end of the year, it's Christmas time, but it's always a time that we reflect and look back. You may not say, well, I had a baby in a, in a manger, but you may look at your own life and go, this is not exactly what I had in mind. I didn't imagine my life being at this point. I didn't imagine my family had fallen apart or my marriage getting destroyed. I never imagined or envisioned uh, my children going off and never talking to them again. I never imagined my addiction to alcohol or drugs. I never imagined my life in a certain way. I always thought it would be a peaceful thing, that we'd have a wonderful family, that, that we would all be getting along, and that I'd have a great job, and I'd have so much peace and so much hope. I never imagined I'd be so hopeless on a Christmas. Christmas Eve. Some of us deal with that, especially on a Christmas Eve. The feeling of hopelessness, the feeling of going, is this really how it's supposed to be, God? Is this really what my life has turned out to be? It's a hopelessness. I wonder if Joseph ever wondered, 
hey, I'm not really sure if this is the right road I'm supposed to be on. Some of you are saying that right here, going, hey, I came to a Christmas Eve service at Christ Church. I'm not sure if I should even be in here right now. I'm not a little uncomfortable because I think the, I think the preacher's talking to me. I'm going to tell you right now, you are exactly where God wants you to be. Because he loves you so very much that he sent his son to be born here to die for you. And there's hope. There's hope for you. You see, Joseph, when I thought about this, I thought, you think it really is silent for Joseph? Did he have questions unanswered? But you know, Joseph knew the answer. He had the answer well in advance. He knew why Jesus had come. He had the discovery. See, back in Matthew, the angel goes on to tell him in Matthew one twenty, angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph, and in a dream said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the world people from their sins. Joseph knew the end. Isn't it wonderful when we know the end of a story, end of the book, how much easier it is to read the book or go through the story? I know over Thanksgiving break, my, my dad and I were, were going to watch a, watch a game. We were away all day, and so he recorded it, and we were going to sit down and watch this game. The kids were in bed, and I remember we were starting this game, the football game, and uh, it was recorded, so we made sure we didn't hear what the end result was. And my grandfather walked in into the first quarter, and he goes, wasn't that a great game? I can't believe we won. My dad was furious. He just walked out of the room. I ended up watching the game. I thought, you know, it's a lot easier watching the game when you know who wins, right? (laughs) So you're watching the game, and I thought, man, they're losing. The team that we're rooting for is losing, but I already know that they win. There was a lot more peace about it, and I think Joseph, Joseph must have had that because he already knew in the end that God wins. That despite the chaos in his life, that in the end, God wins. Because he already had the message. He already had the discovery of who this Jesus was. He didn't have every step planned out for him. He didn't know what the next step might have been after the baby was born or where he was going to go. But he knew ultimately that God was in control. And that's what gave him hope. You know, as I look at my own life, I look back and remember knowing and hearing the story of who Jesus was, and realizing that I need to believe in that. I need to put my faith and trust in him because he loves me and died for me, and I can now get through anything. It's not that I know the future. It's not that I know the next steps or what's going to happen in our culture, what's going to happen in my own life, but there is a peace because I know no matter what that God is in control, and that's the hope. You know, this true gift of Christmas As we've said, the true gift is not the gifts that you're going to get tomorrow morning. The true gift for you this evening is not the ornament that you're going to get. The true gift for some of you will be that new discovery that Jesus came to be born, not just to to grow up and teach us good things, but to save us from our sins. That's the greatest gift of all. In Romans 3, it says we all have sinned. We all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. Because God is so holy, he can't be around sin. And our attitudes, our actions, our behaviors, we fall short of that. We fall short of God's glory. And so because of that in Romans 6, the wages of sin is death. That's death. We, we deserve to die. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is the gift this Christmas. 
That's the discovery I hope that you have. No matter what dilemma that you're in, no matter how bad you look at your life and say, I've made a mess of this. I, 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 I've, I've, I've really wrecked things in my life. I really even shouldn't be here at Christmas, but I came because someone invited me. I'm telling you what, God's got a plan for you. Why? Because he loves you and he sent you a gift and it's his son. John 3.16, you know this verse, God so loved the world, he gave his son. Whoever believes will not perish but have eternal life. That's when we talk about the light that burns. It will burn forever. Why? Because we have that light. We'll never die. We have a relationship with him. He came to be born as a man. He came to as the son of God because he loves us and he came as a savior. And so for Joseph... Joseph may not have had all the answers to what next steps were in life. Mary may not have had all the next steps in life. The shepherds who heard the message may not have known what the next steps in life. In fact, for many of them, their situation didn't necessarily change. The shepherds returned to shepherds. Joseph returned as a carpenter. Mary still returned as a, as a young mother. Guess what? Their situation didn't change, but I guarantee you their life did. People come to church once a year, maybe even Christmas Eve, and they say, I'm going to come and say some prayers, and hopefully my situation will change. And they walk out and they go, nothing changed. God doesn't love me. And I tell you, that can't be further from the truth because God loves you so much that he sent his own son to die for you. And that's the hope that we have. Joseph, after he heard the dream from the angel, he, he has this discovery of who Jesus is, now he's got to make the decision. The decision really is whether or not he's going to believe the message he was given. Matthew 1, 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel commanded him. He took Mary home as his wife. She gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. The question here this evening is, you've heard a message. You now know who Jesus is. The question is whether or not you're going to respond to the message. Many of us know who Jesus is, but we never respond to him. I have so many questions on that evening. I always think about Joseph. I wonder what questions he had. I think about Mary. What was she thinking? I think about the shepherds. What were they thinking? But I've also thought about the innkeeper. Here's the innkeeper. He He had a message too, the knock on the door. And you know what his response was? Shut the door. The question for you tonight is, we're going to be like the innkeeper where we hear a message and don't do anything about it. Or are we going to be like Joseph and Mary and the shepherds and go, you know what, I don't know what the next steps are. I don't have all the the information, but what the information I do have is enough that Jesus loves me so much that he died for me. And I'm going to respond to that. That's the decision I, I hope that you have here this evening. And the decision is simple. It's not a matter of saying, well, I've messed up. I've really made a mess of things. My life didn't turn out the way it it is. And partly that's my fault. Mostly it's my fault. And i got to make up for those things. Yeah, I want to have a relationship with, with Jesus. Yes, I want him to be my Lord and Savior. So I need to start working harder. I need to start doing things. And you know what the Bible says? You don't need to do any of that. Because it's all about grace. You want to have a relationship with Jesus? You want that true gift? It's as simple as what it says in Romans 10. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe on your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. 
We admit that we have sinned. We believe that he is Lord, that he died and rose again. And then we commit our lives to him. It's as simple as that. And then it's instantaneous. But the decision is yours and yours alone. See, we could give you the, the message. We can give you the same, deliver the same message that Joseph was given, that same discovery that Joseph discovered of who Jesus is, but the decision is ultimately yours. Oh, I hope you'll decide. I hope you'll decide to put your faith and trust in Jesus. Joseph didn't know everything, but what he knew was enough. He knew God was in control, that God could see the bigger picture of things. And just like Joseph, you have a choice whether to obey and put your trust in him or not. I don't know if Joseph had those questions, but I know that because he had the information, because he responded to who Jesus was, he could probably sing that song all as well. He could probably sing that song, Silent Night, All is Calm. I don't know what's going to go on in the culture around me, the world around me, Joseph might say, but I know that there's peace, peace in my own life because of who Jesus is. That's what I want for you. That's what all our pastors would want for you this evening. That peace. I wonder if at any point Joseph would say, you know what, is God still really in control? Then he looks down at Jesus and says, oh yeah. Yeah, Emmanuel, God with us. I guess he really does love me. I guess he really does love me to be born here in a manger. And I wonder if Joseph ever caught himself saying, you know what, this isn't my story, it's your story, because you can see the bigger picture. Oh, I hope you can have that tonight. Hope you can walk out with a hope and peace like never before. You know, the song Silent Night that we sing. Silent Night was was written in the early 1800s by a guy named Joseph Moore in Austria. Joseph Moore was walking home um, from a play that he saw on December 23rd. And he came to a mountain. He decided to go his own, a different way home. And he came to a mountaintop, Joseph, 1800s. And he looked down over a village and he could see the bigger picture and everything was calm and peaceful. He saw it from a different point of view. Same thing Joseph in the manger saw it. It was a different point of view. God sees a bigger picture. And when Joseph Moore, who wrote Silent Night, looks down, he remembers the, a poem he wrote and so he goes and asks his, uh, his organist at his church, Joseph Moore was a pastor, and he said, hey, listen, I've got a poem. I want you to put some music to it. The organist uh, said, well, listen, the organ's broken. It's broken. But he'll write a song for it. So he got his guitar out and wrote a song for the melody for Silent Night. So then on Christmas morning, Joseph and his organist, Franz Gruber, sang that song to their congregation. Remembering the peace that they saw. Remembering what it would have been like in the manger. That silent night. Weeks later, the organist, the person who was going to fix the organ, came and fixed the organ and asked the organist, would you play a tune? And so the organist played Silent Night. The person that was fixing the organ said, that's a beautiful song. What a powerful song. And took it to some other families who eventually took it to the king of Prussia. The king of Prussia then ordered in 1834 that everybody on Christmas Eve sings Silent Night because it reminds us of what happened. I don't know what Joseph was thinking, but I bet he could could sing Silent Night. The chaos of this world. And that's why those lyrics are so powerful. And in a moment's time, we're going to sing that song as we light our candles after we take communion.
But my hope is, is that you understand the words that you're going to sing. That we can sing them with full confidence and assurance because we know the story. We know the ending. We know that God loves us so much. He loves you. Sitting there in these pews, he loves you so much. He said, listen, I got a plan for you. It's a powerful song. It's not just words. As Pastor Marcus prepares our hearts for communion, my hope is that we can respond to the message here this evening, put our faith and trust in in Jesus, and be able to say, you know what, I have a relationship with him. I'm going to come to the communion table. This might be your first communion ever. What a great night to do it. Christmas Eve, 2017, you took communion. Why? Because you remember that Jesus' body is broken for you, his blood shed for you, and you come and remember then we sing Silent Night. Verse 1 of Silent Night reminds us that he's human. Reminds us that he was born of flesh to live and die. It says in verse 1, Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace. He's not just an angel, he's born as a, as a child, grows up as a man to feel the pain of the cross. Holy infant, so tender and mild. Verse 2 talks about the facts that not only is he a child, but he's God's son. Silent night, holy night, son of God, loves pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy faith, face with the dawn of redeeming grace. It's not about works. It's not about how we earn it on our own. It's all about grace. That song reminds us that he's not only an infant, a man, not only human, but the son of God. But verse three reminds us that not only that, but he's also the savior. Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the sight. Glory stream from heaven afar. Heavenly hosts sing Alleluia. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. So the only thing we can do with knowing who he is, that he's an infant born as a man, the Son of God, who's also our Savior, is that we respond in verse 4. With silent nights, holy night, wondrous star, lend thy light. With the angels, let us all sing Hallelujah to the King. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not my job's going to change or my circumstances are going to change. Hallelujah because Christ the Savior is born. I've got a Savior who loves me so much. He loves you. Sitting where you are. God knows the whole story of mankind. He can see it from a bigger point of view. Joseph, whatever questions he had, he knew that, you know what? God can see this from a different point of view. Joseph from Moore, who wrote Silent Night, looked down at Bethlehem, or that, that, not Bethlehem, that town that he was walking home from. He can see it from a different point of view. I hope tonight that you can see this from a different point of view. The message of redeeming love. The message that God loves you. Right where you are, he knows exactly where you're at. You may not be in a stable, but you may be in the toughest spot in life. And he loves you. Know that this Christmas he loves you and he wants to have that relationship with you. Will you respond? The decision is yours. I hope you will. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for the message of Silent Night, how powerful it is. Lord, thank you for the fact that you love us, that you became as an infant, to be born as a man, that you love us so much that, you, that you're the Savior who died for us. Lord, thank you. 
Lord, I pray that you be with that one, two, maybe three, maybe ten people in this room who say, you know what, I, I, I'm, I've got hopelessness. I, I didn't picture life being like this. I didn't imagine my life being at this point in life. I didn't imagine not having any peace in life. I desperately want it. Be with them, Lord. Help them to feel and know that you love them here this evening. And if that's you, it's as simple as praying a prayer, not to me, not to the person next to you. You are praying it to our Father who loves you. You Say, dear Lord Jesus, I understand that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. That there's nothing I can do on my own. But Lord, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again three days later. Lord, I pray you wash away my sin. I commit my life to you this evening, Christmas Eve. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you be with those people who may have prayed that prayer this evening, that they feel a a new hope, a new life as they walk out of here, Lord with a smile on their face, knowing they came in maybe with baggage, maybe with all kinds of stuff going on in their own life, but they can walk out knowing that you love them and you got a plan for them, Lord, because you sent your son to die. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the hope that we have. Be with us now as we come to your, your table, as we remember what you did for us on the cross. Your body broken, your blood shed. Lord, thank you. We thank you. We ask all this in your precious name.